Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Peter said to Jesus, We have given up everything and followed you. What will there be for us? Jesus said to them, Amen, I say to you, that you who have followed me in the new age, when the Son of Man is seated on his throne of glory, will yourselves sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has given up houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for the sake of my name will receive a hundred times more and will inherit eternal life. The Gospel of the Lord. So like I said at the beginning of Mass, today is the feast day of St. Claire of Assisi. We've had a good lineup of saints this week. Teresa Benedicta, and then St. Lawrence. Today we got St. Claire of Assisi. So this woman who was the, the counterpart to St. Francis, St. Francis who was, I mean, the instrument of God in reviving, bringing back to life the medieval church, um, Claire was the feminine counterpoint to it, right? It seems, I don't know, I was thinking about it this morning, it seems... All throughout church history, God always raises up both the masculine and the feminine. He raises up, like you got a Benedict and a St. Scholastica. You've got a Francis and a Claire. Um, St. Francis de Sales, St. James Francis de Chantal. Like, it just, they grow together. Um, I just think there's, there's a dissertation in that somewhere or something. I don't know. I think someone should do something about that. I think that's pretty cool. Anyway. So Claire uh, of Assisi, she met Francis when she was a young teenager. She came from a noble family, very wealthy. And as a result of being so moved by his preaching, she determined that uh, her life was the Lord's. And uh, there was a lot of noblemen who wanted to have her hand in marriage. And at 15, she made the very firm determination that she was just, she was totally the Lord's, much to her family's uh, chagrin, right? Much to their frustration. At 18, she escaped from her father's house one night, and she ran away. In the middle of the night, she met a group of friars walking along the road, told them her story, and they took her to uh, what was called the Portiuncula, this small, very poor, very, uh, yeah, tiny little chapel where she made her, essentially, her initial vows. She traded in her fine robes for this very rough, like, woolen habit, she exchanged this nice, beautiful jeweled belt for the white Franciscan rope, right, with the three knots in it that stand for poverty, chastity, and obedience. And uh, she submitted her beautiful hair to St. Francis, who, who uh, cut her locks and draped her head in a veil. And Francis took her to uh, the Benedictine convent um, for her to be formed. And her father and her uncles were furious about this, and they stormed the convent to retrieve Claire, to bring her back home. Like, imagine that. Like, a bunch of dudes, pitchforks, coming to a convent, saying, we want our daughter back. But uh, the drama continues because, as the story goes, Claire was holding on to the base of the altar, crying, screaming, refusing to go, and uh, she eventually removed her veil to show her dad and her uncles that she had already cut her hair off, she was submitted to the Lord. Uh, This is what I was doing, right? And they let her stay. They let her stay. Sixteen days later, her younger sister Agnes 
also joins her in the convent, um, which I'm sure the dad and the uncles loved. And then uh, shortly after that, many, many more women just flocked, joined Claire in this austere kind of life that she was living. So this community of women who joined Claire, they lived uh, a simple life of intense poverty, of intense austerity, complete seclusion from the world in the monastery of San Damiano in Assisi. It's the same chapel uh, where St. Francis had his encounter with Jesus, like in the crucifix, right? The crucifix, the San Damiano crucifix, came to life and spoke to Francis, Francis, as you can see, my church is in ruins. Rebuild my church. Francis, who was uh, quite the literalist, actually took him to mean like this chapel. So he started like renovating that particular chapel. And then Jesus had to say to him after he was done with that, no, no, I mean my church, right? So he said about transforming the world. Anyway, so Claire and her, her sisters, they were in the monastery of Damia, San Damiano, which you can still go to today. Anybody been there before to, in Assisi? Yeah, a few of us. It's amazing. So beautiful. So these poor ladies, as they were known, um, they went about barefoot. They slept on the ground. They ate no meat. And they observed complete, just intense, radical silence. Um, Later on in her her life as the abbess of the monastery, Claire would kind of lessen or or loosen uh, some of these extreme mortifications. This is one of my favorite quotes I was reading from a biography about her, um, about this issue of of, uh, uh, moderating the rigor. She said, our bodies are not made of brass. (laughs) I love that. I hear you, Claire. Okay, anyway, so uh, the greatest emphasis, of course, was on gospel poverty, her living this gospel of poverty. They, um, Claire and her sisters, they had no property of their own. They owned nothing. They owned nothing in common, um, and everything they had was, was begged for. Was, uh, they just lived on contribution, contributions. What she wanted to do, what she wanted her order to do was to imitate her master, right? The poor and naked Christ who had nowhere to lay his head. That was like the centrality of their entire uh, vision and mission. She lived this life of immense depth, immense silence, immense interiority, and uh, it radiated out into the world. I mean, she never left the monastery in San Damiano, and yet like her reputation spread so far and wide. Priests and bishops and cardinals and popes would come to uh, come to her in, at the monastery just for her counsel to get her wisdom. And one of my favorite stories of St. Clair is that there was an army of Saracens who was coming to Assisi. And, you know, God knows what they would have done if they had arrived at the monastery, um, finding all these women there. So what Claire did is she took the Blessed Sacrament out of the tabernacle, placed it on the wall of the monastery facing uh, where the army would be coming from. And she said her prayer was, Are you going to abandon your children, Lord? whom I have strenuously fed with your own love. Apparently, the army just did an about-face and went the opposite direction. Historians still to this day have no idea why. When I was thinking about Claire, and I was thinking about her, like the, the, the legacy of the poor Claires, we have them here in Cleveland. Um, anytime I'm, I'm, I'm doing a big project or about to give a talk somewhere that I'm nervous how it's going to go, I'll send an email to the poor Claire's, giving them my prayer intention, and uh, they're like the, like the spiritual Navy SEALs of the diocese. Like, they are the, like the, they, they provide that sort of, uh, you know, ground cover. They just carpet bomb everything with their prayers. 
But, the, but Claire and her sisters, they spent their life gazing upon the image of Christ on the San Damiano cross. Like, for her, it was the mirror. I want to read from her, uh, from, from the breviary today, um, a reflection that she has. This was a letter she wrote to a woman named Agnes of Prague. But this whole idea of the mirror is really powerful. That for her, the image of Christ crucified, like, that was the perfect image. And she, like, the goal of her life was to conform her own self that she would reflect more perfectly the reality before her, to become more and more like the poor and naked Christ. So this is what she says. Queen and bride of Jesus Christ, look into that mirror daily and study well your reflection, that you may adorn yourself, mind and body, with an enveloping garment of every virtue, and thus find yourself attired in flowers and gowns befitting the daughter and most chaste bride of the King on high. In this mirror, blessed poverty, holy humility, and ineffable love are also reflected. With the grace of God, the whole mirror will be your source of contemplation. Behold, I say, the birth of this mirror. Behold the poverty, even as he was laid in the manger and wrapped in swaddling clothes. What wondrous humility, what marvelous poverty, the King of angels, the Lord of heaven and earth resting in a manger. Look more deeply into that mirror and meditate on his humility or simply on his poverty. Behold the many labors and sufferings he endured to redeem the human race. Then in the depths of this very mirror, Ponder his unspeakable love, which caused him to suffer on the wood of the cross and to endure the most shameful kind of death. The mirror himself, from his position on the cross, warned passerby to weigh carefully this act, as he said, All of you who pass by this way, behold and see if there is any sorrow like mine. Let us answer his cries and lamentations with one voice and one spirit. I will be mindful and remember, and my soul will be consumed within me. In this way, Queen of the King of Heaven, your love will burn with an ever brighter flame. St. Clair of Assisi, we ask your intercession and prayers today as we contemplate this mirror, Christ crucified, and seek to be more and more conformed to him. Amen. We know that God is with us as we gather in his name, and so as we join together in prayer, we place our petitions before him. We pray for our Holy Father, for the bishops and all who lead our communities of faith. May they be strengthened by God's love and mercy in their lives of service. Let us pray to the Lord. For politicians and government leaders throughout the world, may God's peace come upon them and the nations they lead. Let us pray to the Lord. For those who have been impacted by natural disaster, war, or extreme illness, may God bless them with strength and courage. Let us pray to the Lord. For those in our community who have recently experienced the loss of a loved one, may God's light show them the way through the darkness. Let us pray to the Lord. Let us pray for God's blessing upon the Franciscan order, especially on all poor Clares, those who continue the legacy and live the life of Claire of Assisi. Let us pray to the Lord. For our beloved dead, may God open his arms to them as they pass over into eternal life. Let us pray to the Lord. For all the intentions we hold in the silence of our hearts, 
And for Marge Fitzgerald, for whom this Mass is offered, let us pray to the Lord. Loving God and Father, through the intercession of Claire of Assisi, we place these prayers before you and ask you to grant them, if they be your will and for our good. We ask this through Christ our Lord.